If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Attention, everybody. Attention, members and guests. It's Mind Pump. Look, in this episode of Mind Pump, we do a lot of awesome fitness talk. But before we do that, we do our introductory fun time conversation. Here's what we talked about for the first 44 minutes a blast. of this episode. We talked about the Everlywell at-home tests that you can do to test things like vitamin deficiencies. You can test for STDs. You hear that, Adam? Yeah. You could test for your hormones. You can Somebody look at your hormone levels. Uh, all the stuff at home, inexpensive tests, no doctor's prescription required. They are one of our sponsors. If you go to everlywell.com and use the code MINDPUMP, you'll get 15% off any test. Then Justin talked about how his wife Courtney is breaking up or potentially breaking up with her work with her workout partner. <laughs> sad uh, story. Sad. Yeah. Uh, I talked about my workout at the 49ers Fit Gym uh, over there in San Jose on Saratoga Avenue. Best gym in the Bay Area. Crazy workout. We talk about the next Viore event in Encinitas. Where it's another live event for us to meet our fans and answer questions live. Um, if you want to come attend that, that's on the 10th of May. At 6 p.m., but you got to sign up at mindpumplive.com. Come party with us. Adam talked about how he lost sleep because he watched the craziest comeback in, I think, what, an NBA playoff history. Yeah, very But good. not in his favor. Yeah. The Warriors <laughs> lost the game they should have won. Uh, they make fun of me and my new pet guinea pig. She's cute. We talk about the Notre Dame Cathedral uh, catching fire, a total travesty. And I bring up a study on fecal transplants and people with autism, uh, these studies are showing a 45% reduction in autism symptoms that lasted for over two years. Dude, this is mind-blowing. It's insane. No shit. Uh, then we get into the fitness Actually, part. <laughs> then we get into the fitness part of this episode. The first question, this person is doing MAPS Anabolic. It's one of our more popular uh, fitness programs. And uh, they're getting really hungry. Their appetite is starting to go through the roof. How do they control their hunger? First of all, that's a good sign, and then we give our tips on how you deal with that. Next question, what did our personal diets look like when we were in the best physical shape of our lives? So we talk about what our diets look like when we were in our best aesthetic shape, in our best physical performance shape, and then, of course, in our best health. What did those diets all look like? Next question, how do we think mental health affects the fitness industry? Is it a big problem in the fitness industry? Does it permeate the whole industry, or is it a small issue? And the final question, do we think interning for influencers or health coaches is a good learning opportunity? Great discussion in that part of this episode. Also, MAPS Split, our bodybuilder program. You're in the gym six days a week, hitting your body parts twice a week. It's an awesome workout. It is advanced, but it is phenomenal. That program, 50% off, half off. MAPS Split, half off. Here's what you do. Go to MAPS Split. Dot com M-A-P-S-S-P-L-I-T. There's two S's in the middle there. And use the code SPLIT50, S-P-L-I-T-5-0, no space, for that discount. Now, if you want to look at our other MAPS programs, maybe you're not quite as advanced or you're not quite as interested in bodybuilding-type training. Maybe you want to train more like an athlete. Maybe you want to do correct uh, correctional exercise. Maybe you want to start with MAPS Anabolic, our most popular program. I want to work out from home, Sal. We have, we have that, too. You can check out all of our other programs at mapsfitnessproducts.com. 
Dude, I got my uh, my B vitamin test back. Have you guys done that one from Everlywell yet? No, not that one. So they have different vitamin tests that you can do also. Yeah, I've done vitamin ah. D and I've done omega, but I haven't done the B one. Oh yeah, they have uh, B vitamin, folic acid test. They have a few others. Now what's what? Now what? Um, what would someone be? What's most common with people that are deficient in vitamin B? Vegans, vegans often. Uh, this is something that they would need to worry about. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about that too because I know D is one of those. I'm always checking. But. Well, being le- being low, excuse me, in like vitamin, you know, like B12, for example, can cause lots of different problems. Uh, low energy being the most common symptom. And is that because our greatest source of vitamin B would be in meats? Yes, meat and dairy is where you're going to get a lot of B, mm. uh, B oftentimes B pro- B vitamins. A lot of cereals and processed foods will be fortified fortified with b so but like vegans who eat lots of whole foods who don't eat processed foods which is probably good for the most part one of the things that to worry about is the the potential lack of certain nutrients because they're hard to get um in in vegan sources but what i like about these vitamin tests is we talk about supplementing all the time and supplementing can be amazing when you're taking something that you need you know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. if you're if you're somebody who has is low in let's say vitamin B12. Well, this is one it's of, a game changer. This is the, one of the things that I was most excited about partnering with Everly Well is if I'm going to recommend supplements to somebody like a client of mine, like this is how I would do it or I'd want to do it. Is let's take care of the things that your body needs before we talk about p- performance type of supplements because I think they could be arguably just as powerful for somebody's who's got gains or wanting to build muscle or lose body fat if you're nutrient deficient. Yeah, if you had no idea you were that deficient and then all of a sudden you introduce uh, this vitamin into the mix, like, yeah, it's going to have an impact. It's going to be crazy. A huge impact. Like you take vitamin D, for example, people who are chronically low in vitamin D may be depressed. You know, vitamin D acts like a hormone in the body, losing... They're not their ability to build muscle, burn body fat is is uh, greatly hampered. Their ability to you know have good sleep, and let's say you have this deficiency for a long time, you have enough vitamin D so that you don't get tor- totally sick, mm-hmm. but it's so it's low enough to where you just have a, a lower quality of life. But you don't know, you have no idea. How would you know? Because you don't get vitamins tested at the doctor unless you have like these glaring symptoms, like my nails are falling off or my hair is falling out. Then the doctor is going to be like, let's test you. So you could do these tests, eliminate the, the obviously the middleman, do it at home. It's, but look at all these other tests that they have, which uh, I was on here this morning. They have a postmenopause test for women, a women's fertility test. So if you're trying to get pregnant, mm. perimenopause test. So this is for you know women who are in their 30s who think like, what the hell is going on with my hormones? Perimenopause, see if you're going through that. Then they have the cholesterol and lipids test, heart health test. But if I, and there's a there's a lot more. They also have a bunch of STD tests. So you could do uh, all kinds of STD tests. At Whoa! Home. What I didn't know. What really? a selling point that is. Yeah. Oh yeah, they have chlamydia, gonorrhea, uh, Hep C, HIV, syphilis, uh, herpes, uh, HPV is the other one. Okay. Um, uh, that they could do at home. Then there's a not, not that I'm asking for. Anybody. They just released also asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They also released the Lyme di- Lyme disease test, which is huge. Oh, that is, dude. I, I I know so many more people now that have either like had Lyme disease, but they caught it early enough to where they could have antibiotics and like you know not have it reoccur anymore. Mm-hmm. But like I, that's popping up all over the place. Have you trained a client before that has Lyme disease? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Lyme disease is a that's a weird one, man. Yeah. Sometimes they'll get terrible, terrible symptoms, and sometimes they feel like there's there's nothing at all. And we don't know a whole lot about 
Lyme disease. I have yeah, a family that one member. Yeah, scares me a little bit. I have a family member who has it, and she, you know how she found out she had it? Hmm. Totally healthy, everything was fine, and she was starting to get this like weird fatigue throughout the day, and then this ravenous appetite. Hmm. Like the way she explains it is starving. Like the like the only thing she can think about, she has to eat. And so she ended up gaining a hundred pounds. Whoa. And everybody everybody's like, What's going on? Why are you gaining so much weight? Like this doesn't make any sense. And she couldn't figure it out. She's ravenous appetite. Everybody thinks, oh, it's a discipline thing, this, that, and the other. She finally did a bunch of testing, and uh, that was one of the last tests that she did. And they, they saw, oh, shit, you have Lyme disease. Uh, my client used to get hmm. just these crazy bouts of just crazy fatigue. So fatigued yeah. that she looked like she was going to pass out, get pale and everything. Like There would be times that we'd be working out, or she we'd have an appointment, and she'd come in. And I could just see it on her face, like, oh, we can't train today. It's apparently way more common than we think. Yeah. yeah, it's and it's making it's it's becoming a big problem in certain states. I know it's uh, it, where you live, Justin. Do they tell you to be careful? Yeah, the they do. And and um, we've actually like I've pulled three ticks off my kids like in the last couple months. Uh, just when they go through the brush, mm. uh, there's just they're they're hanging around there to, to grab onto a deer, and so it's like you know we check every time now. Like when we go out in the woods, is that the only way to get them? Through a tick? Yeah. Tick, and I believe it can also be sexually transmitted now. Oh, no way. I think that that's what they think now. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, wow. I, I, and, and maybe Doug can look this up and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and I only know this again because that family member that I have posts a lot of things about Lyme because mm-hmm. she's in the whole community. And I think that before they said, no, it's not contagious, but now they, that some people think you may be able to pass it on uh, like an STD. Yeah, you want it like so. We got one of them, and we're able to keep it because it bit uh, my my youngest, and and we took it in and had them test it, and it, it came negative. So so it didn't. But that, that's what they say to do is to kind of like make sure you keep it so they can. They yeah, can Sal's it. right. Well, it says that it may be sexually transmitted, but it relies on the detect the detection of Borrelia. This is the what, what they detected from Lyme disease in semen and vaginal secretions. So it's it's they're saying there's no evidence, but there are oh, observations no, okay, and yeah. stuff that are saying that it might be possible. So hmm. it's not a hundred percent confirmed. Yeah, that's why I thought I knew it was kind of controversial, but mm. interesting, right? Yeah. yeah. But the, the, the way the way I'm using the Everly Wells test for me is obviously we're sponsored by them, so I like to try all of them and just see what's going on. That's why I did the B one, which everything was fine for bees, and I would assume so. I ate so much animal product, um, but the way I like to do it is I like to every quarter test the I do the male hormone test Mm -hmm. and it's not just to test my hormones to see where I'm at I I'm often changing things with my training and my diet to see if it has a positive negative or no impact on my hormones so like recently I've been training my ass off and I've been I seem to be building muscle and feeling better than I felt a long time a lot of it has to do with the fact that my my overall health is so much better. So I'm going to do another hormone test just to see if if testosterone and all the male hormones are, you know, doing better than they were before. That's the one I consistently use just because I'm still trying to to balance that out. You know, I still don't, I'm still kind of hovering around that same place. So I'm going to do that one more time. And then if I I think, because this is going to be the third test, I think, that I've done now in a row where we'll we'll see if it's higher or not, but I've been still kind of Mm -hmm. hanging around the bottom low, the low area. I'm still, I mean, I'm I'm in what they would consider normal range, but I'm on the very bottom of the normal range and I've been staying kind of like right there the Mm -hmm. last like three tests. Do they 
do they uh, mention which one is their most popular? Because I, I imagine like the hormone test would be one of the Probably. more popular ones. Because for me, I'm always wanting to do the same thing. Like that's mm-hmm. that's definitely a, a top of mind uh, thing for me. I'm always like wanting to know how my nutrition, how my sleep, how my training's all kind of going in the right direction. Yeah, pro- uh, probably the most popular ones are the uh, the hormone test. You would assume, right? Yeah. Because that's the one that is so hard to get your doctor to write you a uh, prescription for or whatever to get tested unless you have these crazy symptoms. So people, And I love it, man. This is, for me, this is evidence yeah, of- Yeah, it's convenient. This is evidence of the market at work because here's a test you could get. Some of these tests are as inexpensive as like- 60 bucks or 70 bucks. Some of them are like 150 bucks. That still is not a an ex, not a very expensive way to just take a test, do it at home, mail it in and get your results. Yeah. That's not bad at all. And and the only ones that there's any sort of controversy around is the the allergy one, right? The food intolerance. Or test. food intolerance. That one is controversial because which I'm also um, a skeptic about those. And the reason why is when you do a food sensitivity test, um, what they're testing for are I, IgG antibodies. So when you have an allergy to a food, a food allergy is different than an intolerance. An allergy, you know, like it's like if I have a shellfish allergy, I you eat can something. Have a reaction. I have a yeah. you know re- reaction right away: swelling, itching, anaphylactic shock. Mm-hmm. In, in bad cases, those are IgE antibodies. IgG antibodies are different. They don't cause allergies, but uh, some health practitioners believe that they are connected to food intolerances. Here's the problem though. Oftentimes food intolerances may have to do with your gut microbiome and not the fact that your body developed uh, an immune response. It might be something completely different. And I know people who've tested negative on things and said, you know, that's not possible that I don't have, uh, this says I don't have an intolerance to this food because I know I feel like shit when I eat that food. And then there's other people I know who they've got IgG antibodies off, uh, you know, through the roof on a particular food, and they're like, I feel totally fine when I eat it. The way I like to use the food sensitivity test is just as a starting point. Right. So take the test. You have a starting point. Then start an elimination diet based off of that. The gold standard still to this day, there is no test at all that exists in the world that is as that will ever be as accurate as just a good old fashioned elimination diet. The problem with the elimination diet uh, is that it's uh, it's so work intensive yeah you have to like cut all your food out you know all the possible um, intolerances for lots three weeks. of discipline you have to be like super super consistent with it you can't like you know have one day where you're off no it throws off and it takes just a long commitment Start all over yeah right. it's a long commitment but it's the gold standard it's the only way to now for me when i had all my gut issues when i was 30 you know when i when i when i talk about that time when my body really really turned on me it was a IgG antibody test that I started with. And when I took that test, it told me that was gluten, egg whites, uh, peanuts, and, and dairy proteins. So for you, it was pretty damn accurate. It actually was. It yeah. was extremely accurate. And so those are the foods that I started with when I did my elimination diet, and it was a great place to start. And without that, I, would have, I still would have eliminated most of those things because they're common intolerances. But I don't know if I would have in- eliminated peanuts or... Egg whites. I'm sure I would have done gluten and dairy, mm-hmm. but I don't know about those two. It would have taken me longer. So I'm, I was, I'm thankful that I did that. You know, and again, those tests are inexpensive, hundred bucks yeah. or like that. Right, right. Dude, I did I that. tell you guys? Uh, so I'm actually really glad that we put that episode that we just put out recently about cardio, because mm. uh, uh, the other day I was talking with Courtney and she's been working out with one of her her good friends for a long time, and uh, her friend comes from a background of like group classes and 
she taught her, she actually first met her at one of her like cardio kickboxing classes. Okay. And so she was also doing like, um, uh, CrossFit and, you know, like very high intensity cardio base, like everything. And like, that's like all, her, her go-to. Right. And so like Courtney's like, well, yeah, you know, I, I try and like, you know, lift weights and do my thing while we're working out together. But lately it's been like, she just keeps leading the workouts and just will not, you know, get rid of this, this cardio mentality <laughs> like with every single shit. workout, every workout. And I'm like trying to just pound, you know, into the head that it's like, you know, like what, what you're trying to do and where you want to be, you're not going to get there with, with that. You're not going to get there with that mentality. It's not going to work, you know, the way you want it to work. And, and I'm trying to actually coach Courtney on how to, you know, present this information. Cause she's like, she's not going to listen to your podcast. You know, she's just not going to do it. You know, I don't even do it. You know, I don't listen. We're not going to listen. But I I trust you guys in your programming. I've gone through MAPS Anabolic and like I saw results from that and I was happy with it. I just keep getting sucked back into this like cardio world. And uh, so I was like trying to give her like some some talking points and everything. And so the other day, so like breakup tips. Yes, like so she basically <laughs> just broke up with her workout partner. Did she really? Yeah. <laughs> and, and like so they're gonna try to go through our program, but but already she's giving her all kinds of like, well, last time we did it was so boring. It's so boring, you know, like anything's going to be like, you know, consider boring when you got to rest and actually like work on your strength, <laughs> you know, like you, you can't cardio everything. So it was, it was just kind of funny because it's like, you know, that's actually a really interesting point that we didn't make on that show that I have actually heard many times and I didn't, uh, we didn't address that. Like uh, a lot of people have a hard time just sitting still for 90 seconds. I forget. Like, I enjoy my I remember rest. that with clients. My, yeah. my rest periods, like, I fucking enjoy my rest periods. It's Do for you, me to get, gather myself, get deeper into thought, into my, my movement. 100%. Uh, 100%. Do you know why? Do you know what it is? Exercise is a very powerful tool. Distraction. Can, it can be used two different ways. Mm -hmm. You can either use it to distract the fuck out of yourself. It's very effective at that. Or you can use exercise to become extremely present. It's also very effective at that. And we know how hard it is to be present at anything. Being present means you're not distracted. You're concentrating on what you're doing. You're in the moment. You're not thinking about what's happening tomorrow, what happened this morning, what happened yesterday. I need to do this. I need to do that. Or, or, and, and people don't like to think about all those different things. And in order to get away from it, they'd rather just be distracted by the absolute pain and suffering of their cardio workout. Yeah. The reality is you're, you're, you're probably better off practicing presence with a traditional strength training routine because you're going to benefit not just your body better, but also your state of being because you can be present. Well, it was enlightening to me because she was still presenting the same old objections and myths out there like, oh, well, I'm going to get blocky and you know my body's going to look like a football player. Like all these things like he's like, yeah, I know it's a myth, like even knows it's a myth. But for me. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, but, but me, like I'm going to look like, it's like, it's so interesting. It's like, you can, you can receive information, but you, you won't apply it like to yourself. Like you yeah. just, you're resistant to it because of this addictive quality. And yes, it, it might be the distractions, you know, it's also the, the soreness, like it's a feeling you get, it's like a reward for an effort that you put into it. There's all these things tied into that exercise. Um, exercise gets just like nutrition gets really, really dogmatic and religious. Yeah. You know, people are, people are really, once you, once you find something that you, you like, 
and you like it for many different reasons, right? Some people love it for like what Sal's saying for complete distraction. Like I, I have a miserable life. I just want to fucking go to the gym, hammer myself, and not think about that. I'm so into the workout that I'm not thinking about my miserable life. Some people treat it like that. Some people do something for the very first time and they see their body in the best shape that they've ever seen in their life before. And that becomes the answer forever. Right. <laughs> and so imagine how hard that is. Even having somebody uh, like yourself who's got all these years experience, all this knowledge, trying to convince them that when I've already convinced myself, like I don't. And so it's kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what you do to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know it's a myth and it's for not for most people, but but, but me, I know what's best for my body because I've seen this or I've mm -hmm. felt that, right? So it's a... How, yeah. it, how old is this woman? So she's about my age. Okay. Yeah. Is she like, is she really fit? Is she... She's fit. Yeah. I mean, she's fit, but like, um, you know, like it, obviously like you could tell she does a lot of cardio, mm. you know, and I'm not trying to like, you know, talk trash or anything, but... She doesn't like, have a lot of muscle. Yeah. It's, it's just not a lot of muscle. She could build muscle and that was the goal of both of them and like uh, and trying to convey the fact that you know there's a, there's a more effective way to approach now well, know, building is muscle. courtney not going to work out with her anymore or is she working out with her but they but now she's they're going to follow one of our programs yes that but like i me personally i don't think it's going to last and so she's already planning on like well i guess this is what i'm going to do by myself you know mm -hmm. it's only going to probably be like a week before it's like well i gotta get back to at what point are you going to start working out with her or are you going to always keep it to where she was going to work out around uh, I've done that before in the past with her and just to be like there is, is kind of like if she has questions or form mm -hmm. checks or any of that stuff. And she loves that. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm there. I'm just not there when she would work out with, when is, when we're here mm -hmm. and she, the kids are at school is when she likes to do it and she, be consistent. Dude, it's too bad you live, you live where you live because her and Jessica could totally. She even mentioned that. Work yeah, out together. She's like, oh, that'd be a, a better fit, you know, a better Oh, and Jessica's, a, Jessica's a, an excellent trainer, you know, but we're a little uh, far. That's only oh, yeah, exactly. Again, this is why I'm not just, I'm just not a fan of the workout partner thing. Yeah. It's really tough to find somebody who is, uh, well, it's tough to find somebody that it should be training the same as you. I mean, it's just, let's sure. be honest, like you're, most people should be pretty much doing, you know, their own thing. And I, I, I get it though. I get, it helps to have somebody else as to hold you accountable. And I, I get all that piece, you know, for sure. But even all of us, me and Katrina, I mean, we go to the gym a lot. She goes to the gym a lot with me, but we never work out. You guys split up. Yeah. yeah that's how we used to do it. Yeah. yeah it's I'd, like, I'd kind of give her what to do and I'd Yeah. Bounce. It's a very, very rare thing where uh, she gets, she comes into the workout with me. You know, mm. she knows what she needs to do for her and I know what I need to do for me and we don't try and like compromise our workout. Like, yeah. you know, like, well, I need to do more of this. Can we do that? And it's like, no, just do your thing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'll do my thing. No, I, I, I work out with Jessica a, a couple, couple days a week or so. And then we'll do some, you know, stuff on our own. The workouts that we do together are pretty good. Cause we tend to go after, actually we did a workout yesterday at the 49ers fit gym, which that gym is just Sweet. that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easily the best gym I've seen in the Bay area easily with just the, the equipment alone. And the layout, um, phenomenal. But we did a fucking silly workout there yesterday. So I went in there and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm here. They've got all this equipment I don't normally have access to. So I'm going to take advantage of it. My body's been feeling really good lately. So I'm like, let's see what, what I can do. Yeah. So I decided to do uh, three exercises per body part, whole body. Oh, I saw your sets post. Yeah. Did like 54 sets <laughs> in a whole workout. Yeah. And I finished it in 70 Building minutes. volume up. Huh? Yeah, for people who, who, by the way, message message me or like, uh, when I do the maps and aesthetic, it takes <laughs> me two and a half. I'm like, 
why is it taking you so long to do these workouts? I did 54 sets in 70 minutes, and I'm not like the the craziest, most fit person in the world. I mean, right. I work out consistently, but anyway, we had an insane, <clears throat> insane, intense workout that was a lot of fun. And then in, on the side there, they have the cryotherapy and the massage chairs or whatever. So yeah. I did those water. You ever do those water massage? I haven't chairs? tried those chairs. I never I have, did no. you try them? I did. Uh, it's, they're legit. Yeah. They're legit, yeah. So it uses water to, to like pulse or whatever and give you a massage on your mm. back and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had to stop it halfway through because <laughs> I worked out so hard that I was slightly <laughs> nauseous at the end. <laughs> oh, so my was, God. Yeah, I, dude. So I bet. I was laying back in the chair, like just a, it was like a, a hint of nausea. So I didn't push it that much too hard. But then with the on my back, I was like, oh. Shaking it all up. Yeah, I had to stop it about. But you want to know what's crazy? I'm not even sore today. Really? Yeah, dude. Oh, that's, but that's interesting. I'm on a I'm on a tear right now, man. Yeah, you yeah. hit some strides, huh? Let's 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 see what happens. You know what machine I tried over there that I fucking fell in love with? What? You guys are gonna laugh when I say it. What? So you know I'm working out with Jessica, so we're doing some exercises that she wants to do also, and, and this is good because it gets huh. me to do some stuff. I like how you set the table right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, I, I I normally don't do hip thrusts. Um, I like hip thrusts. I just don't normally do them. I I, I do a lot of deadlifts and yeah, squats I and lunges. Yeah, you see any videos? But uh, posting that. Yeah, but I, they have a hip thrust machine there, and so I'm like, and so she's like, let's do hip thrust. I'm is like, it a belted one? Yeah. Or is it, okay. Yeah, and I've never used it before. So I get in there and I belt up and I I'm doing it and I'm like oh shit like I could feel this thing was it was constructed so well it hit that hip extension so well so I I, I went all the way, all the way up to four plates huh. did like eight or ten reps never felt a pump in my ass like that before which is kind of weird I'm walking around my butt's all pumped <laughs> <laughs> fucking weird <laughs> that is weird weird felt like Justin I was like yeah. this is what Justin feels like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I know yeah, what he I feels just, like now I just flex all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh, but uh, after doing that, I could see how doing uh, a proper hip thrust consistently can probably boost my deadlift. So I think I'm going to start doing hip thrust a little bit more frequently to get that final extension. Yeah, I think extension there's going to be some. To I think top. there's going to be some carryover. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I so I'm going to start throwing that. it and see what yeah, happens. No, that'll be that. that'll be interesting, man. I'm getting excited for uh, the big Viore event. That's uh, oh, in Encinitas. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not that far away for us, right? What's the date on that, Doug? That's when on we- the 10th uh, next month, I believe. Yes. Is that yeah, correct? Uh, yeah. So May 10th. That's at 6 p.m. So we're less than a month. We're only three weeks away from that. Do you guys remember the last uh, time we did our event well, down there? The la- when was it? What was that, a year and a half ago or something? Mine pump. It's, mine it was pump. about a year. Yeah, it was about a year. Yeah. That was fun. That man. was so rad. No, that was one was, of my favorites. I think that was our, was that our first or second live event ever that we did with them? Um, I believe that was our first. Was well, it? are you not counting all the Orange Theory tours? Well, yeah. Well, besides I that, wasn't counting that. Besides uh, that, because we did, then we did it with uh, with the, those other companies as well. Um, I can't Mirror remember. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I think this one was one of the first one was. Yeah, was Viore was the first day. Yeah, yeah. That right. was that was the first day before Dosis and before um, Mirror. This is going to be cool. But we, I mean, because the space is limited, we had to do tickets, and so. Uh, you can get them at mindpumplive.com, and I think they're. Uh, I think we're already halfway sold out. So, so it's always, this is their new location. Like it's a new store. No, no, no. no? This is it's the, the same, same place. Same place that we were oh, at last okay, time. Cool. Yeah, they have a new store up in San Francisco or Palo Alto area, some that direction. Uh, that's that's opening or just opened. But um, this is down south. We're gonna go there later. This was oh, the okay. event. This was the event when we were talking to everybody, and it was our first time ever doing this. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, whoa, we got this huge response. It was so awesome. And then remember when we left, we couldn't find Adam. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he snuck around the corner. Fucking somewhere, snuck huh? around the corner, smoking <laughs> a joint with some of the. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, what the fuck happened, Adam? He comes back. Ah, it's a long day, man. Tough for me to not turn that down. Your eyes, your eyes are so red, bro. Whoa, that was good stuff. Yeah, I'm like, bro. We were fucking looking all over the city for yeah, you. Yeah, I thought I got kidnapped. Man, you know? after we do those events, those it, it is like mandatory. I have to smoke after any of those events. Oh, it's because, too much oh, to get yeah. worked up. Dude, me. we were so charged. Yeah, Never going back to the house. Just oh. being around that the people and the energy. It's just, it's just, it's a great time. I have such a blast when we get a chance to get out uh, with people. Yeah, and <laughs> I do. I. I'm wound up, man. I can't sleep after that unless I smoke. So yeah, I get too. I, I almost get. Uh, I feel exhausted, but in in, a, in an interesting way. It reminds me of. Do you remember after big closeouts? Yeah, uh, when yeah. you go home, totally like that. Like you feel that yeah. buzz in your body, yeah. Yeah. that tired buzzing feeling. There's just a lot of energy there that you're just uh, like you're. Everybody's on. It's and the charged. anticipation. Then the, then you're meeting people. It's very it's very emotional for me. And I don't mean that in a negative sense. I mean it in the sense that. You you know I'm meeting real people who are saying things like, "Hey, that episode where you talked about this that really helped my daughter," or, yeah. "Hey, you know I you know because of you guys I was able to do this thing with you know I became a trainer because of you," and I'm just like, "Wow, man!" I've, and then I feel like huge like responsibility like, "Okay, we got to keep doing this, do it the right way," and it's it's really cool. It's interesting yeah. how things like that that affect your emotions, or you have those huge swings, and how that really affects your sleep. Last night, like I, so I, this was my first morning since the Hal episode that I haven't been getting up consistently in my little routine. I slept in this morning and I'm exhausted today. And I know it's because we were at the game last night. Mm. And the, so last night I'm at a game that, uh, NBA playoff record happens. Uh, greatest comeback ever in NBA uh, playoff history. So what happened? Fucking the Warriors lost. I was on the shitty end of that. Wait a minute. Mm. The Warriors were at, so so you're saying comeback. So they must have been ahead by a lot. And they, they were ahead. Got- so they at the end towards the end of the third quarter. We had seven minutes left in the third. Warriors are up 31 points. Oh, it's like game over. Yeah. Like we're in. I'm in the. I'm talking to. You're like, can we leave early? Up. Yeah. No. Katrina asked. She asked, can we leave early? I said, yeah. No. If we're still up 20 in uh, mid fourth, I said we'll get out. We'll get out early so we can beat traffic. And uh, from that moment at 31 points, you know, then it was 28, then 25, they were down by, then 20. And then fourth quarter comes around. We're still up 21 or 23 come fourth quarter. So I still feel pretty confident. I I can tell we're playing kind of lazy now because we were so far ahead. And then as the fourth quarter went on, just getting closer and closer. I mean, all the way down to the final last five seconds ends up, they end up tying the game and then went, and I'm like, Oh my God! It was the most weird, and it was such a <laughs> it was a like quick, gradual. Well, it was, such, it was like a, a quick spike high because we yeah. came out the gates, yeah. get this huge lead, celebrating all the shots, talking shit, having a great time, great, great game, and fun, phenomenal game for three and a half quarters. And so I've got this huge emotional high, and then I'm I'm up here. And I'm watching, let's just kind of slowly give this game back. But yet I'm still happy and excited. So the high yeah. from being happy, because I still feel very confident we're going to win. It still gets getting closer and closer to the end. And then uh, and then at the end of it, like Katrina and I are driving home, and I'm like, I can't believe what we just watched. Yeah. Like we literally just gave, and that was an NBA record. Never has that been, uh, had a lead that much in the playoffs. What's going and, on? Are they breaking down? Oh, it was just, it's one game. And we, 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 we I'm sure they'll go back, they'll watch the tape, and you will, you will see. I mean, uh, Patrick Beverly defended uh, just incredible. Played him and Lou Williams played in phenomenal. Patrick Beverly uh, deed up Durant. Uh, I think Durant played like a wuss, uh, and then Lou Williams took over the game. Had like 27 points in the second half. 
just an incredible game. It was an incredible game. Just it sucks to be on that side of it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But the the point of me sharing that was the the emotions that it took my body through. Oh, yeah. I was in this. And you we- felt exhausted. After yeah, that. I, I I'm exhausted, but then I couldn't sleep, and I was telling laying there with Katrina, and we're talking about the game, and I'm just like. I can't believe we just saw that. I can't believe we were, <laughs> we were so wow. pumped and excited, yeah. and then just like so the life high, high and oh, the low, right? Yeah, after. Super slow train wreck, dude. It was yeah. a little rough one for us last. So you night. slept in? Yeah, no, I was exa- I was really exhausted. So what time. happens? Do you find that you can't go to sleep, or that you sleep but then you wake up throughout the night a bunch of times? I can't go to sleep. Wow. I have a hard time finally falling asleep. And then when I do, and I have to get up in the morning, I feel like I don't get enough sleep. Now, do you yeah. find? Does this happen to you where you you know you're having a tough time falling asleep? So you start to stress about the fact that fuck, I better get to sleep, otherwise I'm gonna be tired. Totally, get, totally. Yeah. You can't help but get in your head. You know what I'm saying? Like it's you, such a it's such a feedback. Oh, thing. dude, and yeah, it's been rough the last five six days for that same reason. So I wake up multiple times at night because I'm just ah like uh, anticipating things and like I just can't I can't get out of this loop and I I've I've been trying to like get myself out of this 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 cycle so uh, yeah i was having this conversation with jessica the other day um because i was like that i I was i was finding that i was having time tough time going to sleep and then i said you know the the old practice of counting sheep and she said yeah i said "I, i i bet i know why that works because you're so focused on this imaginary thing in your head that you eventually just lose track of the fact yeah. that you're trying to and do and you fall asleep and so I started doing that. I literally started counting sheep, the old fucking thing that they make fun of in cartoons or whatever, and it worked. Yeah. In my mind, I was just, well, I don't know what number I got to, and I fell asleep. See, yeah. I know we haven't released this yet, but the guy, like the Don DePani, oh, like, yeah. he, he had something he talked about where he- The nervous system? Yeah, the nervous system where you actually like, you, you take you take this like ball of energy and you sort of allocate it like up your body and then into your brain, and then you like- you allow like one of your limbs to feel like it starts to get numb, and then you know you, eventually you just sort of drift off, and then you're done. So I I tried that, and it actually worked. Did it work? Yeah. Oh, so interesting. my saving grace has been Katrina, but it's it's been off because ever since the pregnancy. So you know she's now got like the the wall of China between us with pillows, <laughs> you know, like and so she's. She's all barricaded up, and she sleeps. She has a body pillow. And oh, ever, bro. She's that, got yeah. the, the the. We got this like, you know, fucking triangle thing, pillow thing for her, like for her, you know, her belly. If she does want to lay on the side, it does that. Or props helps prop her back up, and she's got like five new pillows that are inside the. <laughs> so it's just like pillow central, <laughs> so right? Poor Adam is all yeah. by himself. In the yeah, corner. well, she's and, made like an igloo. Well, I, and uh, the irony is, I've been. Uh, I like to sleep like that. I actually like to be divided. I don't like to be all cuddled up. She She's doing, more she's the, doing the takeaway clothes. Yeah, bro. but it's it's starting. I'm, I'm with the benefits I'm missing. One of the things that she's, I mean, she can. She's like in my head sometimes when we're laying in bed. She can tell when I'm thinking. Like all of a sudden, it'll be dead. It'll be a dead silent for an hour in the dark, and I'm thinking I'm the only one awake. And I'll hear her say something to me or like nudge me, like stop thinking about it, you know. And I'm like, how the fuck she know I'm thinking about? It? I haven't said anything. <laughs> I haven't said anything, right? But when if she notices that I'm doing that. And she'll make comments about I'm thinking so loud that it's keeping her up, and so she'll box breathe with me, and then we'll we'll box breathe together, and then I I normally go out after that, but I haven't had my my partner to, to give me my box breathing, so oh, I'm over there tossing and turning. Adam's lonely because uh, <laughs> by herself. Katrina's <laughs> over there by herself. <laughs> Poor Adam. You get you get a dose of what you wanted, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sometimes so, that's how we learn the it lesson. Is, no, it's great. Isn't it funny how that works? You know, because I, I am. I'm always like, oh, fuck, I don't want to cuddle. Uh, no, it's hot. Leave me alone. This and that. And now I'm all there. I'm like, fuck, some of the benefits of her. <laughs> she can feel my breathing. And she knows it. I, I, I just picture you in the corner like, Fetal position, all sad. Yeah, yeah. you're doing yeah. like reaching out with your fingertips. It's not working. Like over the wall, you put your fingers over the wall. Yes. Can you just touch my fingers? Yeah. Can you just touch my fingertips? Are you there? Are you still there? That is what it looks like, dude. There's like this big wall of pillows so that like funny. reach you over. You just barely get my hands on her belly. Dude, I read a meme yesterday that was so true. It said um, nothing is something like this girl that I that I'm friends with on Facebook posted, it, and she said nothing is is more adorable or something like that than a dad, uh, a grumpy dad falling in love with the pet that he wasn't supposed to take care of. And it, that's happening right now with me because, you know, we uh, bought the guinea pig for my daughter. Right. And, <laughs> you and, and your guinea pig, bro. bro let me tell you. <laughs> you and your that guinea pig. That hasn't happened with my dog yet, so oh, hopefully it'll happen. No, yeah. and you know, my daughter takes care of you. Please take a selfie and post it on Instagram. I, well, Jessica's you, already posted a couple. Yeah, you I'll and, do it. Yeah, you and the guinea pig. Oh, you and the Bjorn, dude. Yes, right? Oh, oh, so you're just saying the little Bjorn Dude, little that little guy. thing's adorable. Yeah. So I didn't know that they were so social. <laughs> <laughs> it's so social. Yeah, so she she hides when I come in the room. She goes in her little house or whatever. So I kind of coax her out, or I take off the house, then I hold her. But now she like kind of chill, like wait for me, and she squeaks and shit when I hold her. It's adorable. Wow. Yeah, they're great, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking into the proper. You, you, you might lose your man yeah. card, dude. Yeah. Huh? You might lose your man card, dude. I, you know, it's I'm like a lover, man. His cheeks. I'm a lover. You just wait till your boy's born. You watch how I am around babies. Yeah. I am the worst. That's okay. It's different. Though. You are not going to get that kid out of out of my hands. <laughs> you see, you'll see that anyway. Dude, terrible news uh, the other day, huh? What? Notre Dame. Oh, oh the, yeah. the 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 cathedral in Paris. I've been in there. Yeah, before. it's pretty sad to see that. Nine hundred uh, years old. Now yeah. I thought I heard they were going to be able to restore a lot of. It. Is that true or no? They no. are, uh, but still, <laughs> you're talking about a nine hundred year old structure and i don't know how many hundreds of years it took to build it oh yeah just the history and I, I guess they were able to get out at least some of the really valuable items like i guess the crown the actual crown of thorns that w was in there from jesus and in, in uh, another uh, tapestry did they say that doug i don't know i didn't know that tapestry. Was wow, that yeah. was in there look at that that's what they were saying look at that notre dame cathedral do donations swell past 700 million wow They've get the they've, world responded. They've generated seven hundred million dollars in donations. Is that what that says? That's what it says yeah. wow, wow, that is insane. That's crazy. I know there was one uh, celebrity. I can't remember his name who donated like uh, something like fifty million dollars of his own money or something like really? that. Really? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! That's it's. Crazy. I've been there. It's one of the most beautiful. Yeah, no, I've been there too. It's awesome. Architectural I've structures there. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. The thing about cathedrals, these old cathedrals, that's so spectacular. Because I've also been to the Duomo in Milan. I've been to Notre Dame and I've been to a, a few others. Is when you look at them and you go up close, the detail is insane. Oh, it's got this one has got all the gargoyles and stuff around it and shit. It looks badass. Oh, dude. it's it's insane the amount of detail that goes into that went into constructing these. And uh, Doug, maybe you can look up how uh, once you put music in that. There you go. Maybe you can look up how long it took to build. How did the fire start? They're saying it was part of some renovations that they were doing. Yeah, they're doing it, some construction. And they're doing some investigation. I really hope, and I doubt that this will happen, uh, but I really hope, and I doubt, again, that uh, that there was any mal, you know, some, some you know. Some terrorism Some bad shit going yeah, on, like I, somebody doing it on purpose. Seriously hope not. Yeah. Look at that. It took 250 fucking years to build. Wow. 
Yeah, it was. It, it, the construction started in 1153 and finished in 1345. The Louvre has a story like that too. That's crazy. It's yeah. like took hell. Think of that, and it was somebody's like house originally. Like imagine like starting the building of a house you'll never end up living in. Well, how ima- weird? Is, how crazy is that? Yeah, is imagine crazy. this. Imagine you building, a, a, starting a building on something, and then the next four generations right. from you, well, your, like your son, your grandson, right? your yeah. yeah. All of us. Well, yeah. Oh, what does your dad do? Oh, he started building on this yeah. too. Now <laughs> we I'm just kept on. going. Think about that. That's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Right. Your your whole life you is spent yeah, building a house that you <laughs> you don't ever get to see finished. That's Wait, wild. What does that say about humans? <sighs> like we all decide we're going to do something and then we're just like, yeah, I'm never going to see the huh? end of it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to see the end of this, but we'll just keep going. Well, back then, I feel like that, like people really wanted to be known, you know, in history. Like that was a big thing, like back in the day. I don't really know that that's like like as, your family name. Yeah, like right, that. Right. Like you, you carried on even when you were gone. Like, that's that was the Schaefer's house over there. Took four hundred <laughs> yeah, years. Right. Took four generations to build four that. Generation thing. after generation. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a four bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are what the hell? Yeah, it's a, it's a condo in San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't the they weren't the brightest group. Yeah. <laughs> that looks like the Hobbit's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think when you when you see the most insane old architecture that took hundreds of years and sometimes even longer, it's they're all um, built because of a faith or belief in something else. Because in, in order to get a human, if you think about this, in order to get people to do something that is beyond them, like uh, why yeah. would you go and tr- and build something you will never see the end of, you'll never see the completion of. It's because of something you, that you believe is bigger than you. So this is a cathedral, right? It's right. for it's for their belief in God, and then and the pyramids again was for their belief in their yeah, you know, so in their the God or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, so. they tied all that in. Anyway, um, study that uh, someone shared. I think it might have been Jackie who shared it in our group uh, text. Fecal transplants, right? We've talked about these before. Oh, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I could be a donor. Yeah, I feel like something's wrong with you. Huh? Uh, and no, you should not donate. <laughs> You're fucking... Dude, did I tell you what hey, happened today? I'm in the bathroom, Adam. This is yesterday, right? Yeah. Justin come... And I just get started. I sit down. I'm about to get going. I look mm. under the stall next to me. Oh, there's Justin walking in. Yeah. I better hurry the fuck up before shit hits the fan. <laughs> I mean, you're getting this from the guy that gets queasy at like you know anything. Yeah. How, how often? <laughs> Looking at something. How often do you stop mid shit to leave the room? I've never. That's the first time in my life, <laughs> bro. They didn't have enough water. <laughs> I blame the water. It's always something. Dude. Yeah, like it, like half of it was out. You know how that is. That's not good. That's not good for anybody. Like I was suffering in that. Justin goes. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? I had to get up and leave, and I'm cracking up as I'm walking out. This is all I hear from Justin. It's like a meat pile. Yeah, this is all I hear from Justin. I ate a lot of meatballs last night. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, right? You know, it's uh, oh, carnivore. I ate tons of meatballs. I'm like, uh, fuck you, man. What did it's you just do? It's different. It's different than like you know that wafy vegetable. A- shit. Anyway, back to the back to the article. So fecal transplant. So they're doing this with uh, autistic children. And trip. This is crazy now. Okay, so they're doing these with children. They're identifying certain bacteria that they're finding to have a positive effect on these children who have autism. And what they're finding with the study is that 30 to 50 percent of autism sufferers who uh, oh well sorry that's this is another statistic. 30 to 50 percent of autism sufferers experience serious gut problems, which is what took them in this direction. But with the kids that they gave this transplant to, two years after. Not only were their symptoms markedly better, 45% reduction in symptoms 
uh, compared to base- baseline. Wow. So half basically cut their symptoms. Some of them even more, obviously. Two years later, after the treatment, they found that not only did the benefits persist, but in many of the patients, they got better, even better than they initially got. Wow. This is insane. So what, okay, I mean, this is obviously like pharmaceutical companies aren't going collecting people's shit, but like what, like in the future, I mean, this sounds like it has real promising results. Of course, because name one other thing that has been shown to reduce autism symptoms 45% and and also and stick and get better for two years. Yeah. Like I can't think of anything, and this is That's not a crazy. this is not a uh, pharmaceutical intervention. It's not a drug that the kid has to take every single day. Yeah. So it's what are they doing? Fecal transplant. They're taking healthy, healthy poop from somebody else. Yes, uh, in particular with these type of bacteria that they're identifying to have this. I was going to say. So what are they? What so what are they? What bacteria are they putting? Yeah, they in singled them? out a bacteria strain, or is it like? You know, there's still, a couple. Know. There's a couple strains that they've identified. I don't have the exact names here of those strains, uh-huh. but there's a couple that they've identified. But it's way more complex than that. It's not just oh yeah this sure. one bacteria, yeah. and they don't even know entirely how it's working. That's hmm. what they're trying to learn. But once they break it down, and this is why you know some scientists are saying that the next, like the last, you know, the 20th century was the century of physics. That's where we had just insane breakthroughs in physics. You had quantum physics and you know, uh, expansions over, you know, Einstein developed his theory of relativity and just blew our minds and completely changed everything. They think the next, you know, 100 years is going to be the the, the century of biology. Mm. But we're going to f- really figure out, like, the human well, I body. I see massive potential in, uh, in the medical world for just, like, you know, using this and, like, testing for all kinds of different systems. Oh, I mean... It, it, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Like what what it could potentially provide? Who knows? Because they're connecting Parkinson's to gut issues, Alzheimer's to gut issues. They're connecting lots of different things, and they don't know what the connection means. It doesn't mean that if you have this disorder that it throws off your gut microbiome, or is mm-hmm. it the gut microbiome that causes this disorder? Right. Nonetheless, with autism, again, changing the the, the microbiome is causing a marked improvement in symptoms of autism. I think the future is going to look quite interesting. I think in the future, you're going to have a chronic disease of some sort. You'll go in, and part of your treatment is going to be like, here's your specific strain of whatever. Yeah. It's a suppository, or, or or maybe you take it orally. Who knows? And it's going to you know fix all these problems. What's the hashtag? Eat Doug's poop. What's the yeah, <laughs> what's the feedback you're getting on the studies? Is it is it being well received, or is there controversy around it? Do they think that it's there's enough controls in it? Like oh well, you- nobody's saying go out and get a fecal transplant. To, to, to solve your health problems. No one's saying that yet. These are all just studies that Controlled are showing studies. stuff. Yeah. But what these studies do is they're point, they keep pointing, like now what scientists are going to do is they're going to keep digging even deeper. Okay, what is it about this change in the microbiome? What is it in these right. bacteria that's causing this? Can we isolate it? Can we find out why it has any impact at all? What is the impact of the microbiome on autism to begin with. Well, they isn't know that, that the case? They're going to always want to isolate and identify so that way they can produce like just one thing and one strain to then, you know, uh, have people buy that, you know, in a pill form. Which is not a bad thing necessarily because right. what you want to do in an ideal situation is you want to be able to figure out <clears throat> a treatment, make it mass producible so that people can buy it and take it. Because fecal transplants is not a, I mean, let's say fecal transplants becomes the, the treatment. 
that's not a, a very easy mass producible treatment. Yeah. You'd have to go to the hospital. You have to do, and it's a process of over like six or eight weeks mm. where they're constantly do where they're, they're cleaning out your bowels and replacing it and mm-hmm. doing a bunch of stuff. So ideally, they would figure out a way to make this some kind of a pharmaceutical intervention where you just here you go, mass yeah. produced pill. Take this for eight weeks, and then it's gonna re- it's gonna do, you know repopulate your gut. exactly. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, MAPS Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpromedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Quee-qua. First question is from Ms. Adams224. I started MAPS Anabolic as part of a healthy weight loss journey but I am finding myself massively hungry. My intake is probably negating any potential weight loss from the program. Any guidance on what to do or how to control the hunger? This is a really cool question and uh, and actually a, a really positive thing. Yeah. Um, it is also what I think a lot of people struggle with, the the mental piece, right? Like, so whenever I would get a client that wants to to lean out or lose body fat, right, and I, I'm trying to convince them the, the right way for us to do this is to build some muscle and build oh. your metabolism. So ultimately, when we lose this weight, you keep it off for the rest of your life. The hard part about that is when you start training a program like this, it just ramps up the appetite because your body is being told, let's build some muscle. And it wants the calories to support that. And you're feeding it and you're not seeing much weight loss on the scale. But what ends up happening if you're patient of this is also why I actually make all clients uh, take a photo of themselves front side back every Friday. It's just it's a mandatory thing for me. And it's one of the reasons why is this is where I end up referencing like photos like this is, you know, I'll make them stay consistent, trust the process for a few more weeks. And just I because th- I'll tell them, I believe that if you're not seeing much weight loss, but your appetite is going up and we're our strength in the gym and our program's going well, we're probably having a very nice exchange of adding one pound of muscle and losing one pound of body fat. And over the course of a couple of weeks, I'm going to be able to show you a picture in the same lighting, same time of day, everything, and be able to show you your body composition is significantly changing and we're doing just fine. So uh, a lot of times it's it's okay it's okay and it's okay that you're hungry it's a good thing it's a metabolism probably ramping up the 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 one thing that i caution uh, the client that has a situation like this is make good choices right like so make uh, you know pick do nutrient dense foods don't binge or eat garbage feed your body what it what it wants and keep lifting and i i would be willing to bet that your body composition is probably changing for the for the better yeah this is this was always one of my favorite uh pieces of feedback that I would get from new clients. Like we'd start training and it would, it would be usually around week three or four of consistent workouts where I, you know, I'd always do a check-in when I'm training a client. Hey, how you feeling today? What's going on? Whatever. And they'd say, you know, I'm, I'm my appetite. It's just, I think I'm just getting a lot hungrier than I normally am. And that's when I know we're on the right track. Like you're getting stronger. You're probably building some muscle. Your body's just trying to fuel itself. Now, here's what happened. Now, first off, you need to start tracking your food intake. This will help you determine how much more you're actually eating. Right. Um, because 
I, it's okay to eat a little bit more if your metabolism is speeding up. You just don't want to go crazy with it. And so what I would do with clients is I'd have them track, and then they'd say their appetite's real high, and it's okay, let's increase your calories by 100 a day, 100 calories a day. That is going to more than fuel the potential muscle growth that you're going to be adding to your body. I mean, 50 more calories a day is more than enough calories to fuel that muscle. And so when you're tracking it, then you know, like, okay, I'm hungry, but I'm still eating a little bit more. I'm fueling my muscle. Why am I hungry? I'm burning body fat. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening right now to your body. And so oftentimes with clients like this, the scale won't move or it'll move a little bit. So they may lose like, I mean, let me think, averages, probably three or four pounds would go down within a couple months, maybe three pounds, not much. But then we would do a body fat test and we'd end up finding that they actually lost more like seven pounds but gain two or three pounds of muscle or whatever. Right. Um, and, and, and that's what can happen if you track the food intake and try not to overfeed too much. Because one of the other uh, problems or pitfalls that people run into with this is they say, I'm hungry, my metabolism is speeding up, cool, I'm just going to eat like crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay, you don't need that many more calories to fuel the muscle that you're building. Um, I don't know very many people that can build more than four pounds a month, and that's a lot of damn muscle. Yeah. Um, you're probably building less than that. You know, 30, 50 extra calories a day, 100 calories extra a day, more than enough to fuel that and still potentially keep you at a deficit with the faster metabolism so that you're getting leaner. Yeah. And what ends up happening is you get this kind of like a, this, this calorie repartitioning effect where the food that you eat goes to your muscle, your body starts burning body fat for energy, and you're in this Goldilocks zone uh, of where you're burning body fat and building muscle simultaneously. It's a great place to be. Oh, this is awesome. magic. Yeah. This is magic. But it's a it's a it's a mind fuck. It's a yeah. mind fuck for a lot of people, including myself for many years of, of weight training, is when we have our goals of build, I either want to see the scale going up or if my goal is to lean down or lose, I want to see it go down. So we get hung up on what the scale is saying. Again, why I like to you know, one, when you set a plan out, you believe in the plan. So hopefully if you're following like maps, you trust the process that we've created it uh, intelligently. You follow it, be consistent with it. You use things like the photos as another pair of eyes or another way for you to check your progress. And I would normally tell a client, you know, hang, if you don't feel good about where you're at right now, stick it out for two more weeks. Let's look at your pictures and let's see what you, what you notice. And I'll, I'll point out things that I notice. And more than likely, if you're not uh, going way up on the scale because you're w way over consuming like Sal was saying if you're kind of just staying the same mm -hmm. on the scale but you're getting hungry and hungrier that's probably a really good sign and that's mm -hmm. that that feeling of hunger is is that body normally switching over from getting glucose and sugar right it's used to getting the the glucose for fuel and now all of a sudden that's tapped out now your body's going over into another resource which would be body fat and you know sometimes it kicks up that appetite yeah, and so when you go through that too, a lot of times like maybe you do need a few more calories if you're trying to build, you know, muscle. I try to get it from more like satiating type of, you know, macronutrients too and like really focus a little bit more on maybe upping my protein as opposed to just, you know, oh, it's fair game now. I'm hungry. I am putting the work in. So like you can get into that trap where, you, you know, you feel like you, I've been doing the work. So therefore, like my body's telling me that I need more calories, but just be more yeah. specific. Yeah. My, my favorite thing to do 
This is where I would take a client who's wherever they're at calorie wise and I switch over to like chicken thighs or letting them have tri tip every once in a while or get like these fattier, fattier type meats. meats. Yeah, yeah, enjoy. So sure. I'm like, hey, your appetite is up. We're building, we're doing well. Let's get it a, a, most of the source from protein and some healthy fats. And I kick it up that way. And it's a, a nice, or add in half avocado. Right. And, and also determine if it's real hunger or not. Okay. So here's how you do that mm-hmm. uh, you say to yourself, wow, I'm really hungry. Okay. Eat your, make yourself a whole food meal that's healthy. Um, protein is very satiating. Put that in there. Put some fats in there. Maybe keep the carbs down a little bit because those tend to stimulate appetite for some people. And then if you say to yourself, I'm not in the mood to eat that. I want to eat a burrito or I want to eat a slice of pizza or I want to eat a taco or whatever. Realize that you're not really hungry. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to get that that you know that hyper palatable pleasure from food because you may be stressed, tired, or because now you think you have, uh, subconsciously you have this kind of you know, a ticket to eat more. This happens sometimes with pregnancy too, where, where people will get pregnant and they feel like, oh shit, I'm pregnant. I have this permission to go eat more. And then they just go nuts because it's more of a rebellion off of what they were doing before. So ask yourself that. Like, that's what I would do with myself. I'd say, okay, oh, I'm starving. I'd say, will I eat some chicken best and some vegetables or will I eat some, you know, chicken thighs and some vegetables? If I say yes, I, I would eat that. I'd be like, okay, I'm actually hungry. If I say, nah, I'm not in the mood for that. Okay, I'm not really hungry. I'm just craving things. There's a big difference between cravings and hunger. Next question is from Ander Beth. What did your diet look like when you were in your best physical shape? Ooh. This is a really easy one for me because I competed, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't you go first? <laughs> so I can... So what it what it looked like now? How are you defining your best physical shape? That's we should. So start with that. yeah, that's a good that is a good point because this is, I'm going to go by my best uh, physique as far as the way it looked. So best aesthetic shape. because I I've been in much better physical shape as far as athleticism. So this is not my most athletic shape. This is the best visual shape uh, that I've ever been in my life, which when I was competing and so. Uh, and and that this all changed by the way because I scaled as I got bigger and so the calories eventually got as high as a, you know close to five thousand calories a day. But typically, what it looked like is a six to eight ounces of meat every meal, uh, and either my my carbohydrate my my carbohydrate choices were white rice, sweet potato, yam, or quinoa. And uh, of those, they I was getting uh, between six to eight ounces of that, and then I would eat as much veggies uh, with that meal as I as I wanted. Uh, normally, a little bit of olive oil on it, and I would rotate. And what I try to do is that was that's kind of the staple. And then I was eating anywhere between five to seven of those meals a day. Now uh, I know we talk about on the show that it's there's no difference if I had all those calories in one or two meals versus having it over seven. But when I think of my best shape, I was breaking it up and I was being consistent. And I found that that's where I was probably getting the most most calories, the most nutrient-dense foods consistently ever in my life was when I was structuring it to where you know I was eating these portioned out meals that were four to 600 calories in size and every few hours. And I was eating those and then I was just rotating the food. Mm-hmm. So my meats, um, I used <clears throat> lamb, veal, uh, steak, uh, chicken thighs, um, occasionally the chicken breast, but normally thighs. Uh, and then all your different cut cuts of red meat, even ground beef every once in a while, ground turkey. And, and then fish, I would normally get salmon or I was eating sushi once a week. 
And I would basically follow that same kind of format. Every meal is about eight ounces of meat. Every meal is about six to eight ounces of carbohydrates and then as much veggies as I want. And then I would try my best to rotate through those those foods as much as possible. And that probably breaks down uh, the foods that I was eating very, very consistently for a long time. Now, <clears throat> understanding law of thermodynamics and calories in, calories out, and knowing that in order to get leaner, I have to be in a in a calorie restriction. So I would take those foods and then I would either reduce it or increase it based off of what my goal was. So if I'm in the middle of uh, after a show and I'm trying to put mass and size on, I'm pushing 4,500 to 5,000 calories. And so I'm just eating either larger portions of all of what I just said, or I'm eating more of it to hit those targets. Um, and then if I'm trying to uh, lean out and cut, I would, and for me, it was really easy when I was cutting because I was up to eating almost six, seven meals every day. I just start dropping meals off. So, you know, I'd go from seven meals to six meals and from six meals to five meals to, um, to four meals. And that was kind of how I reduced heading into a show just like that. Awesome. Oh, I'll go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Um, like when I remember when I was in, in college, I had to get a little more creative with uh, how I was to kind of go more healthy because I had a um, I had a scholarship where I was able to go into the cafeteria and basically had access to the food, but it was like shit, you know. But it was like I could get whatever calories I wanted. Was it garbage food? I mean, it was like some of it was good and some of it was like pretty quality source, but like most of it was like all carb based, like everything, like anything protein or fats was like terrible. And, uh, and I, and I was always like trying to go elsewhere and like, uh, you know, I would end up for, for lunch and dinner. Sometimes I would just leave and get my own groceries. So I ended up getting one of those George Foreman's and that saved me. So I, I ended up getting all of my proteins and fats and I would, I would, uh, I would grill the rest at, um, when, when I was in the dorm. And so I would go down and I would actually scoop out a bunch of rice and potatoes and bring that back with me. And then I would slap on, uh, you know, chicken breast and steak and, you know, whatever else I was like cooking at the time. Uh, and that's really how I handle it. So I, I actually did, uh, what was nice about it was I was consistently because I was in sort of that like environment where I wasn't distracted at all. Uh, like every morning I had a huge breakfast, like every meal was like around 1500 calories, something like that. And so I was like eating like all oh, this eggs and potatoes and bacon in the morning. And then, you know, my next meal was like after practice and everything was like, you know, heavy on, you know, the, uh, the rice and, and potatoes. And then I would like get, you know, all my chicken breasts and, and, and then that at dinner, I'd usually have steaks so, and veggies. And, and so I would just grill up like asparagus and broccoli and everything else. What so. kind of workouts were you doing football at that time? I mean, I was doing a workout in the morning with the team. And then I would usually do my own workout at night. So I was doing like a double, a double, uh, a routine. Wow. Yeah. So I would do like, I would do the morning was usually more of the, you know, plyo slash at the end we did like these sprints and then at night I would do all my heavy lifting. What was your body weight then? My body weight was 235. Oh, so you were a big boy too. Yeah, I was I was I was jacked. No right wonder then. you're feeding the crap hell out yeah, of yourself. I had like, to. I had to. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. I was like really really like uh, you know, cr like in need of energy out there, so. Yeah, um when I'm at my strongest, physically strongest, I'm consuming a lot of rice. White rice just uh, does well with me. A lot of ground uh beef, ground bison, ground lamb. 
and a lot of vegetables and I keep things relatively simple. And that's really for physical strength type performance. Now, when I'm trying to get lean, it starts to change a little bit. My carbohydrates start to reduce and I don't eat as frequently and I have more of a fasting approach. Not because fasting necessarily is this great fat loss approach, but just because I'm eating less so I don't have as many meals. And so I may go 10 hours uh, during the day without food. And that's for aesthetic in terms of just getting lean. But in terms of feeling my best, when I feel my best, I have uh, fish once a week. I'm incorporating organ meats of some sort. So liver or you know kidneys or heart, um, bone marrow, lots of egg yolks. Um, I, I just feel the, the, the nutrients and the health from those. I, t- I start to feel uh, like vitality. And for me, the two things that, well, there's a few things that I look at when I, I know my health is really good. Besides gut health, because that's always an issue for me, um, or always something that I need to pay attention to, it's um, how good is my sleep when my diet is really, really good and I'm taking care of other things really well, I get really, really good sleep. How is my mood? My mood will usually reflect my health. And when I'm really, really good uh, in terms of my food intake for health, forget strength and performance and all that stuff, because sometimes I could push that so hard to where I'm pushing my strength to high levels, but I'm not necessarily my healthiest or I feel my best. But when I feel my best, my mood is very creative and sharp. Um, I can focus and I have uh, lots of ideas that I can follow through on. When my health is bad, I feel much more sporadic with my thoughts and it's harder for me to concentrate. Um, and at times I'll, I'll, I'll feel drowsy uh, throughout the day. The other thing is my libido. When I'm feeling healthy, my libido is very, very high. When, my, when I'm not feeling as healthy, my libido will definitely drop. That's a very easy indicator for me. And the organ meats play a big role, man. If I'm eating a lot of organ meats and I'm eating those egg yolks, um, I, I feel my libido start to boost up and it, I just feel much more virile um, as a result. Um, and uh, also having days where I consume very little animal uh, products. Um, I used to do this back in the day where I would have a vegan day every once in a while. And so my calories would be real low on that day and I'd consume lots and lots of vegetables. And I would really try to make it a wide variety of vegetables, including legumes. Um, and I would do some cooked, some raw. And it was always the day after or the two days after that I would notice the, the benefit from that where I would just start to feel really good and healthy. Um, and then the last thing I pay attention to is my skin. My skin, when it feels uh, supple and it kind of glows and I don't have any acne or whatever and it just, I, I just it feels well oiled almost on its own, I know my, my nutrition's uh, doing pretty good. When I'm dieting too hard and starting to get lean, I start to notice my skin might get a little bit dry. Um, and so that's, again, one of my other signs and signals. Next question is from Phoebes Cray K. How do you think mental health affects the fitness industry? Do you think a lot of high-level athletes and fitness-driven people are more likely to deal with mental health or the opposite? Oh, geez. Mm. More. Uh, the, the worst eating disorders and body image issues you'll ever find are going to be people that work, maybe aside from modeling, um, is the fitness industry. Um, I would, I would, I'm more surprised when I meet someone who's a fitness professional uh, or who do, does it as, a, as like that's their passion, their living. I am more surprised when I find someone who's super, uh, super secure with their body, has a great relationship to food. And it's just comfortable in their skin. When I find someone like that who also is a professional in fitness, I'm shocked. I'm like, wow, this is weird. Well, I would it's think, usually the opposite. I would think 
like certain types of mental disorders though, right? Like if you're unhealthy and you're not working out and you know, you're obese and you're sedentary and you know, I, I would think that, um, you know, there's a higher likelihood that, uh, depression and, and, you know, these types of other mental disorders that, um, you know, maybe like through epigenetics, like you're, uh, you know, like prone to from, from your family, uh, any kind of psychosis, any kinds of these types of things. I don't know. Like, I, I would assume that, uh, you know, a healthier lifestyle would help to kind of prevent those No, you're types. right. You're right. I'm talking about the the extreme fitness people, the high-level right. fitness-driven uh, people in the industry. That's where you'll see. But people who kind of make it a part of their life and exercise, you know, regularly and lead a healthy life, they're healthy people generally. I'm talking about like the, the hardcore trainers, the, extreme. the, the bodybuilders, yeah, the competitors. It's, it's the- an interesting thought like with, to Justin's point, like you know, maybe for the most part, the fitness industry or the fitness space in general is is healthier in this aspect, just because it's a, a much smaller pool that we're pulling from, right? So if it's a numbers thing that we're matching, like, is there people with more mental health disorders that are unhealthy, unfit out there in the world versus those that are within the fitness space? Obviously, that number grossly trumps sure. because the fitness space is a tiny little space. And sometimes I think we're in our little bubble when we talk about the disorders that we see. I mean, I was blown away by it. I mean, I know getting into the bodybuilding world and, and seeing that it was maybe I had maybe I had some thoughts on it a little bit before I did. But I, I guess I don't I didn't never really paid attention that much to, you know, who's on the cover of the magazine and who is, you know, the latest, latest bodybuilder guy or girl. Like I just didn't watch that stuff until I got involved. Um, and then when I got involved, I, I really saw all of the issues. I, and really all I see, what I see is a, a younger version of myself. I think that m- most of us, and we talk about this on the show, uh, most of us got into fitness because of insecurities. I mean, there was something about us that we didn't like. We are too fat. We are too skinny. We're too short. We're too tall. We're to whatever. And so we tend to gravitate towards this uh, idea that we can go in a gym, we could eat a certain way, and we can change that. We can change it. We could we could look better. We could look better than what we do right now. And so most of the professionals even in this space, that was their their motivation was somewhere along the lines too, just like us. They're rarely different. And typically what I I see is the more extreme they are, the deeper the inner security is rooted. Mm. Um, the, the more they identify with a, a way of training, a way they look, a way. So the more they're strongly connected to it and defend it, uh, the more I see uh, deeper issues. And so I think that's very prevalent in our space and, and especially in the ones that are getting the most amount of attention, the ones that are on magazines, the ones that have millions of followers. Uh, so I definitely think that mental health is is an issue in in the athletes and the fitness space yeah i think that's why we bring it up too is because like when you look at like a magazine cover you look at like a high level athlete you think that they have it like completely figured out where like what we have found is you know a lot of the eating disorders and a lot of you know the body dysmorphias and things like that that kind of uh, pop up are actually pretty prevalent in a lot of these like high level people that like like epitomize what it, like it looks like to be like at your ultimate health. Well, it, the the level of dedication that it takes to be that person, um, and I I think that we all admire it, right? There's yeah. there's some there's some admiration that comes from all of us when we look at somebody who 
can sacrifice much of their life to focus on a single thing to be great at it. Uh, but I, I think that for me, it's very, or at least it's obvious to me now where I'm at in my life that when I see that and it doesn't, it can be an athlete, it can be a bodybuilder, it can be a C, a high performing CEO, you know, if, when you are so fucking badass at one aspect of, of your life, you know, there's a very, very good chance that a lot of other aspects of your life is very out of balance. And so well, you had to, you had to eschew a lot of stuff in order to focus on this one thing and become right, so great at it. Right. I think the more extreme performance you find, I don't care what category we're talking about, the more likely you're going to see somebody who's out of balance <laughs> and obsessive about that thing, which we need, you know, society needs those people to upset. We need the Elon Musk's of the world. We need those people to really be extreme to figure the problems out and to do things that the rest of us aren't willing to do. But th but they are far from balanced and they are far from free of any potential, you know, mental illness type issues. I think they're just hard working as fuck and oftentimes those issues drive them to be amazing at what they do. There's people that you'll find who have some of the some of the most terrible challenges. And those challenges are what drive them to become as great uh, as they as they are. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. But now here's the thing: now, can fitness improve mental health? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's not gonna. It's not gonna. It's not gonna cure everything. But are you better equipped to handle any mental health issue if you're healthy? If you're just physically healthy? Well, physiologically speaking, the brain works better, so that might actually solve or at least. Uh, you know, contribute to more positive outcomes with certain mental health issues because you're just healthier physiologically. But then think about, you know, the fact that the energy and stuff that goes into taking care of yourself, you're, it's empowering. I'm doing something for myself. Um, I, I, that bleeds over into other things. The attitude that comes along with it, that tends to make right, you- Right, the general positive right. outlook, right? Which we've kind of talked to, a bunch of guests have brought that up, you know, and like how powerful that is to have that, uh, you know, the self-belief aspect and, and, you know, the positive uh, outlook on things really does affect your mental state and your, your physiology. In, in my opinion, the, 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 the most simple and clear uh, self-improvement things that you can do, anybody can do, is eat better and exercise. It's of all the self-improvement you can do in your life, and there's a lot of things you could do to make yourself a better person, and, and some of them are extremely powerful. The simplest one and the clearest one is just exercise and eat right. It's clear and simple because we know what to do. It's very easy. Like if I say, oh, self-improvement, um, let's improve your state, your, your mental state of being with your family or improve your relationship. Like a real complex shit. Like, okay, I need better relationships, but that's very difficult. Exercise more and eat better. That is simple. That carries over to a lot of things. It's right. a, it's self-improvement. It's the first thing you should do with self-improvement, and it bleeds over and everything else. So I want to make sure I don't uh, people don't misinterpret what I'm saying that fitness makes mental health worse or contributes to poor mental health. The exact opposite. All I was saying is when you go to the high-level extremes of fitness, right. oftentimes you're going to find people with poor body image issues and, and poor relationships. With food. And I think we're going to see more. We just, uh, you know, Justin mm -hmm. alluded to the Don DePani episode that we have coming up and, you know, he trains one of the best soccer players in the world. And you're seeing more high, high level athletes starting to piece this together. Um, and we saw, we talked to Jim Quick and a lot of the famous people that he deals with. I think 
I think more people are becoming aware of the important importance of mental health and and performing at their highest level. So and and we're going into this time of the most distracted we've ever been as humans. And so I think that you're going to see more and more conversation around this for sure. I mean, the, the NBA, I think I forget the hashtag they're doing right now, but they're they're doing one that's towards mental health. So I see a lot of the big organizations in, in, in sports uh, moving this direction also. Next question is from more Jojo. Do you think interning for influencers or online health coaches is a good <laughs> learning opportunity or is it just free labor? What should an intern expect to gain from an internship? Mm. This is actually a really uh, interesting. I want to intern for Summer Ray. Well, this is uh, yeah, yeah, me, me too. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, I wish you would take me seriously. Uh, just take pictures. <laughs> Can you take this picture for me? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I didn't like that angle. Uh, you know, this is becoming really popular. Uh, what and what I what I see is this. I see. I have a lot to say about this because I think there's 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 two sides of this coin, right? I mean, uh, Enzo uh, worked as an intern over last summer for us. Uh, he is now an employee and uh, a part of the family. So, uh, and I think he's uh, contributed greatly to our business. And I think he's also had the opportunity to grow and learn a lot himself within this business. So, I think if you were to talk to someone like him, uh, he would say that is uh, was an incredible opportunity. Now, I also don't think of us as influencers. I don't. I don't like not the way it's being used nowadays. No, no. I think I think we are great business operators, and uh, that I like to be called. I'd rather be known as somebody who's great at building a successful business. I think we have uh, a lot of value to add to our space. We do a good job of delivering that to a, a consumer, and because of that, we have a successful business model. Because of that, we have opportunities to give internships to people that later can turn into a business and possibly a career for them. So I, I see that as great. Now, I think there's a lot of this responsibility falls on your shoulders to really be able to evaluate who you're you're doing this work for. And just because somebody is popular on fucking Instagram does not make them a great business operator at all. And just because they make decent money flipping and selling t-shirts or taking on sponsors on their their Instagram does not make them a, a good person to def- te- technically learn a lot from. So you, ha- you have to evaluate that. Yeah, I think internships are incredible potentially incredible opportunities for learning incredible opportunities for gaining experience um, in areas that you might not have access to or might not have gained had you tried to expect pay so I think it's important that you under- you you go into it having a clear understanding of what you want to get out of it like what do you want to get out of it do you want to get good connections and contacts? Because you might get that, right? Because you're working for this influencer with lots of followers. Maybe you're meeting other people, so now you're making all these contacts. Do you want experience? Do you want something to put on a resume so that later on when you get a job, you could say, I interned for you know, Mind Pump or whoever for a year, and here's the following things that I did. Do you want to learn skills? Maybe part of what you want is, I want to intern for free, but I also want you guys to teach me I want to work under your your editors. I want to learn how to edit. And because I don't know how to edit yet, don't pay me. I'll be their apprentice, but I want to learn how to edit. You want to go into it with an idea of what you want to get out of it because it is a this is a voluntary trade, okay? 
There is no, I hate this whole like, is it just free labor? Like you're, first of all, there's no slaves here. Nobody's being forced. It is a voluntary trade. You are giving them your work and in return, you're getting something back that you value, which is why you need to be clear to yourself what you want out of it. Because what you don't want is you want you don't want to be in a situation where you're like, I'm getting nothing out of this. Yeah. All I'm doing is getting this guy's, you know, laundry done and I'm, you know, or you, carrying around. Most likely it's you carrying around a camera or well, editing videos for them or doing something. Right. Like so yeah. I, I think it really amounts to like what you alluded to in the beginning of it being an established business, like a company. Like it's not like just one person that's like kind of popular, you right. know, and then, and then they're, you know, they're obviously they're making money, they're successful, but like how, how is that going to translate to you having acquired a skill? Uh, towards a specific trade, and and I do I, I I tend to lean a little heavier on the apprenticeship approach, uh, being that now it's like a really focused experience. Like this is something that like I'm shadowing, and like if if say I'm a trainer and they're coming behind me and. Um, and they're learning exactly how I interact with the clients, you know, how, how my day looks like, you know, how to set things up properly, like why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Like you can explain that whole process, lots of value in that. Um, the internship thing is, it just depends on like how the company's structured, whether or not it's going to be valuable. Yeah, don't go into it with this attitude. Don't go in with your inter- internship, like, well, I'm giving them free work. So Blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. No. Know what you want to get out of it. Be humble. Go in there and do a fucking kick-ass job. Because you may intern for someone like me, which if I have an intern and they're kicking ass for me, I'm looking at the person. I'm thinking to myself, how can I pay this kid back 10 times? Like, How can I take care of this person? What opportunities can I present to them? What contacts can I can I make for this person? Maybe they don't work directly for me at one point, but they're going to work for someone that I know, and I'm going to pay them back. Not everybody's like that, but... Uh, so, you know, be smart with where you intern, but at the same time, when you're there, bust your ass because it is uh, an even trade. So I do think it's a potential opportunity. Now, now that being said, we're in a social media uh, era with a lot of people who call themselves influencers. And I'm going to tell you something right now, just because someone has hundreds of thousands of followers doesn't mean they have anything of value to teach you. Yeah. Doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't all. even mean they really have that much influence either. It, and yeah. it doesn't, exactly. It doesn't mean they even have a business. Right. They just have hundreds of thousands of followers. You may just be following around some chick who is having you take pictures of her looking hot, and that's all you get to do. And then you post it up and you get nothing out of it. You get no value out of it. Right. So, you know, they're not all created equal. Pay attention again. Write down what you want from your internship. What are the skills I want to learn? Maybe it's not skills at all. Maybe you just want contacts. This is perfectly fine. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't mind mm-hmm. holding the phone, taking pictures of someone, but you know that this person rubs elbows with these people and this person's got this many contacts. And if I'm just around long enough, then I'm going to, you know, wasn't um, uh, Kim Kardashian, wasn't she, uh, what's her name's assistant for a yes. while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, who? Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton's assistant yeah. for a while. Right. And she obviously turned that into her own, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the opportunities are there. I have nothing against free work uh it's never free it's always a voluntary exchange They're, you're getting something out of it just be clear with yourself yeah. with what you want to get out of it so that you're not putting you're not in the situation where you're you start to resent the you know the work that you're doing because then you're going to become an idiot intern you know intern and it's not going to do anybody any any good right. no value look if you go to mindpumpfree.com you can download some of our guides for free they cost nothing we got a lot of guides on there that'll help you Build parts of your body, burn body fat, get more fit, and become a better 
personal trainer. It's all at mindpumpfree.com. You can also find us all on Instagram. Justin can be found at mindpumpjustin. My page is mindpumpsal, and Adam is mindpumpadam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.